Welcome to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. My name is Julie Paulston. I am your host, and I am so absolutely honored that you stopped by. Each week, I'm going to be sharing my own personal journey, and I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people that will be sharing their journeys as well, in hopes that we can educate, motivate, and inspire you to live the best possible life that you can. So grab your favorite beverage, maybe a snack or two, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Because at the end of the day, this truly is all about you. Welcome back to being the phoenix of your own life. This is Julie. And first of all, I'm just going to apologize because y'all, I've been gone for a while. I haven't put any podcasts out. It's been rough. Uh, leaving corporate, having all the shit that happened to me over the last couple of years, going back into the corporate world and trying to balance my corporate career with my podcast and with my clients and everything. So my apologies. Um, I'm so glad that you're still hanging in there and it is going to be so worth it today. It is going to be so worth it because today I have the absolute honor of interviewing one of my friends, um, I think the absolute world of her, um, she is not only somebody that I worked with previous, she's a very good friend of mine. I have watched her journey from corporate to becoming a entrepreneur and a beautiful human being. And to me, the honor of watching this journey, I was like the other day, I was thinking, I'm like, who could I interview? And it was like this little voice in the back of my head said, get Shayla. So <clears throat> I reached out and I was like, okay, so you have to be on my podcast. And I was thinking, she's going to be like, bitch, you crazy. I'm not coming on your podcast. But she said, yes. And so I don't introduce people. As you know, I let them introduce themselves because nobody can describe who you are and what you do better than you do. So with that, Shayla, would you share who you are and what you do? And then I have a question for you. Yes, uh, my name is Shayla German. I am a cosmetologist who have recently became a minority and woman-owned small salon-based business that where I also grew that business starting from um, a product line that I recently launched in 2020. And it grew to a small, I call it a small mini salon because we have <laughs> two shampoo bowls and three stations. So I started off in a suite and then I moved up from there and now I have literally a small salon. Um, I'm a single mother from Pontiac, Michigan. Um, like I said before, during the pandemic, I created um, a company. I've been in the beauty industry well over 16 years. Ooh, it sounds like I am up there saying that. Um, <laughs> I have a son. I also, um, he will be 21. I also have um, a daughter who I adopted. She was my niece. And then my sister passed away um, a few years ago and I got custody of her four kids. So there's six kids in total. The youngest is 17, soon to be 18 next month. I can't wait. Why, <laughs> <laughs> <Lie>, young bird, why? <laughs> <clears throat> Leave yes. the nest. Um, like I said, I'm single, never marry, and that's pretty much it. And it, 
Shayla is probably one of the most beautiful souls that you will ever meet. And I know that there's people that are listening to this that know Shayla and know how amazing she is. So Shayla, I have a question for you. So this is be the Phoenix of your own life. So we've all been in the shit pit, right? We've all been in the ashes and forced to rise. So what is a time in your life that you were forced to rise out of the ashes and how has it affected you from that time until now? I would say, I'm going to, I'm going to give you three topics. I'm going to give you three. Cool. When I think about this, I think about three events that happened in my life that changed my life. Um, The first event that happened was getting financial literacy, learning it, knowing it. I didn't grow up with it. My parents didn't teach me it. They told me three things, pay your car note, pay your rent or your mortgage, and make sure you have food on your table. That's it. They didn't tell me how to get it. They just, that's what they told me. That was my financial literacy. Anything in between that, I had to learn on my own. Um, Second is um, the death of my sister, losing people in my life when I, at a young age, and have to take what I learned, like what I knew and apply it to my life so that I could enforce it and help other people, meaning her for children, um, my children. How did I go from a single mom having one child to having six in my household? Um, And last but not least is most people, when they do have children, all they want is stability. Losing my job after working 11 years for a company and my identity being in that company. And before I knew it, it was like a rug was pulled from under my feet and everything was taken away. So those are my three. <laughs> it's funny because our journeys are very similar with that company and, and it is, it's like you, you drink the Kool-Aid and it's like you bleed the colors of the company and, and all of a sudden you just don't anymore. And you're like, well, who am I? Like, who am I? What, what do I want to do in my life? This is all I know. And so it sends you down this rabbit hole journey of self-discovery. So I want to talk about when that happened, I remember when you lost your sister and I remember how hard that was on you. Talk to us about what that forced you to become as far as a woman and a mother because you're single. And if somebody wants to go out with you, you're like, well, (laughs) I have one kid, but oh, wait, no, now I got five. So how does that like, how does that affect your life when you're going from, okay, cool. My son's growing up. This is going to be great. And now all of a sudden you're raising and dealing with their grief, dealing with your own grief now you're all packed in this house. How, how did you go through that? What were some of the things that helped you move through it? It was very difficult. Um, I think the most, the, the hardest part was having enough, having enough for each and individual person. And I literally didn't grieve. And I realized that during the pandemic. It was a point where I seen a counselor. I was in a counseling session. And this is when my sister first passed away. 
And I was, the counselor looked at me, she was a therapist, a licensed therapist. And she looked at me and she goes, you're healing me. And I knew then (laughs) that I had to either get out of that session and find someone different to help me through my grieving process, or I had to put strap my big girl panties on and handle what I needed to handle was to make sure those kids were healed in certain areas of their life. And I'm not perfect. So like I get feedback from the kids now as they are older um, and they're still grieving and they're going through a lot of emotional changes because they are now becoming in that space where they have to take care of themselves. And I, I know what that feels like trying to take care of yourself and you are struggling in the inside to find out who your identity is. So I think that is the biggest thing is taking care of like self-care. I didn't do a lot of that. Working for a company that I was working for, I didn't have time to do that. It was you work, 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 work and provide for these children. And Shayla got put on the back burner. Um, So that was the biggest aha during that downtime of 2020 when we were all at home was you have to take care of yourself, Shayla, because you can't pour from an empty, empty cup. Yeah. I, I, (laughs) I hear that on a deep level because I'm always, (laughs) you get to that point where you're like, you're taking care of everybody. And then all of a sudden you realize I'm taking care of all these people, but I'm not doing anything for me. I'm not, I'm not grieving. I'm not crying. I'm not working through it. Cause I remember when my dad died, you know, my mom was a mess and, and we were all there in Arizona. My mom was a mess. My brother was a mess. My sister was a mess and I was the oldest sibling. And so I had to shuttle everybody to and from things and all of the things that go on with that. And I realized that until it was months before I even cried. And, and I forgot that I have to grieve too, because I was trying to take care of everybody else that you forget that our feelings matter too, and that we're important and that self-care is so important. What are some of the self-care routines that you've developed out of that? Um, Gratitude. Gratitude. And I learned a lot of that from you. So thank you for that. (laughs) Uh, Just having gratitude and being thankful for the things that you do have. And my biggest is letting go of things that you can no longer control. Um, Going through the process of losing my job, I also lost like my health insurance. So that was huge for me because my kids needed health insurance. I couldn't take them to the doctor. It was the middle of the pandemic. There were a lot of things of uncertainty going on and I didn't have certain things that I was afraid I wouldn't be able to provide man <laughs> and, and and i know that feeling like it, it's people don't realize that when you work for a corporation you have health insurance you're like oh i don't feel good <laughs> i'm gonna go to the doctor mm-hmm. when all of a sudden you don't have health insurance and you're like ooh, i don't feel good <laughs> buckle up buttercup get some get some vix vapor rub and put an onion in your sock do all those old wives tales because you can't afford to go to the doctor and then you throw on that you've got now six kids to go through that and to make sure that they're healthy and take care of them 
Is that the point in time where your business idea was born? It was actually born before then. So a lot of of my clients that I do, I'm African-American, but a lot of my clients I was doing in the area that I was in, they were either African-American, biracial, or another ethnicity other than black and white. I did like a lot of Indian people, a lot of Chaldean, a lot of Latino because of the texture of their hair. Right. They were like, people are not getting, stylists are not getting my hair straight and smooth enough. So the moment I get it blowed out, I walk outside and it's poofy and I just spent this money and it's like, I'm not winning. So I was in an area where we called it the Maltine pot area. And so I got people from all different walks of life and I embraced it. At first I was against it because I was like, I don't know their hair, but as I got training and learned more and had a better understanding, and my hair is a fabric. So over the years of me being a cosmetologist, I learned what works for certain hair textures and what doesn't. What works for certain people and what doesn't. Um, so during the pandemic, when we first um, got let go in March, everybody went home, like the whole world shut down. I honestly, in my heart, believe that hairstylists wasn't going to have a job anymore because we, in order for us to actually perform services, we had to be within six feet. Yep. And that stuck in the back of my head when they allowed, when people started, April came, May came, June came, and they started putting people back into their workplaces. Hairstylists to me, massage therapists, the beauty industry, massage therapists, people that were touchy, filly, hands-on services, I thought we were going to be the last to be called back. Meanwhile, I had myself to take care of and kids to take care of. I kept telling myself, you have to figure something out. And in the back of my head, I kept thinking, create a product. During that time between March and May, before I went back into the salon, I had, kid you not, over 60 people contact me about a shampoo and a conditioner that they can use for their hair. I was like, I am telling all these people about these products and I'm sending them, I'm not making any money, right? (laughs) I'm sending them to buy these products. I don't know if they're going to work on these, my client's hair, because when I do their hair, their hair turns out different from when they do it at home. So that's what my clients were telling me. So I said, why not create a product that you guarantee is going to work? It's going to work for them. So I created my product actually earlier March and I was just using it on myself. My friends were using it. And then my girlfriend was like, you want to create a product? Why don't you put this hair growth oil that you've been using on all of our hair? I didn't think about it. Once people start saying, Shayla, my hair is falling out due to COVID. The side effects to COVID was making people's hair fall out. I started using this oil, taking videos. People started telling me, hey, I see a difference in 14 days. This one girl, she had alopecia. She started using it in March. I didn't launch it until March 20th. She was one of my prototypes. I started using it on her hair March 3rd. No, March 2020, March 23rd, actually, I think. 
And so by April, she had about an inch of new growth. By May, the whole she had a ball spot. The whole ball spot was filled with growth. Wow. Yeah. And then I said, okay, this is serious. So then from there, I made my shampoo and conditioner and all the other things. Um, just because I want to, my main focus is helping people. Well, women, our hair is our crown. Like we love our hair. When we don't, right. when it's not a way that we want it, it changes our whole demeanor from the inside out. Whether you're, you have a pixie cut or whether you have hair down in your back, you got a ball spot in your head that messes with, I was about to say, F with your self-esteem. I don't care who you are. Girl, we don't have any bad words here. Uh, that F word is my favorite four letter F word. So you're, <laughs> feel free to share and say any word you want to say. Yeah, it, it does because it's the one accessory we can't take off. Correct. Like and we will change our, it. yep. And we will change our earrings. We'll change our necklace. We'll change our glasses. We'll change all of these accessories. But our hair is the same year after year, year after. And then if something happens to it, if something happens to our hair, if it's cut wrong, anything like that, then it's just like, there's no such thing as two week grow out and your hair is going to be okay. No, it messes with your self-esteem, whether it, does. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. And yeah. I, I know that feeling because when I was in fifth grade, I got a relaxer and all my hair fell out because the person put a super in my hair and my hair is very fine. So you put a super on someone with fine hair, it's going to burn their hair, fry, dyed, and lay to the side. If there's anything (laughs) to lay to the side, it's just going to... It's just going to be fried, dyed, and slide to the side. It's just going to slide right off your scalp. Yes. And that's, a, I mean, no matter where you are in your life, like, you missing hair, it, it affects you, whether you're a man or woman, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. So you started, and, and it's funny because I remember you and I having a conversation. We had like, I don't know, like this two-hour phone call when you were talking about your brand and we're talking about all that. And I'm so fucking proud of you. Like you have Thank no you. idea how proud I am of you. So now you have your brand out there. Mm-hmm. So tell me, what is it like being a black woman, an entrepreneur and coming up through the pandemic and creating a business? What's it like? Cause when you think about it, and I'm very open and honest on this podcast. We don't, there's, I don't shy away from conversations. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's hard being a woman. Number two, you throw a black woman into it. How was that creating your product, getting it to market? What were some of the challenges that you had to overcome? Oh man. So like one of the questions was you asked me to, um, how did I get here? And I don't think I answered it completely. So I'm going to finish that one. And then I'm yeah. going to segue into this one. Perfect. So I remember sitting at home and when we got let go during the pandemic, the company that I was working for, for 11 years, the way I was a manager. So the way that they went about doing that, I worked for two companies, actually. I'm not going to say their name, but the first company that I worked for, for 11 years, that company did a, a not so good job with the transition hmm. of going from working to going home during the pandemic. And the, the second company I work for, they did such a good job 
that that transition made me realize my worth for a company. And as a manager for the first company, I was embarrassed because my team had family. And that was the main thing I was worried about is people's families. Um, And a lot of it was out of our control, but it was some things that could have happened a little bit more professional. And I say that to say this, I come from a community where I know everybody knows about Flint, Michigan, because they know about the Flint, Michigan water. So I come from a small city that is in Michigan as well. It's called Pontiac, Michigan. It's actually the company, um, the word Pontiac, the name Pontiac is from the Pontiac car. From right. GM. Like we, yeah. our city was named, that car was named after our city, which no longer exists, or Pontiac V6. <laughs> that everybody had in high school or like right. you know, <laughs> everybody's first car back in the day. Tying it into an aha moment was when I was sitting there, I was getting phone calls from people that I worked with in the past and people that I was currently working with. And they told me, I just want to say thank you because if it wasn't for you teaching me financial literacy in the bit in the salon business, I wouldn't have been able to survive COVID. Wow. And what I mean by that was when I learned what I learned about financial literacy, I took that into being a manager. I, I, I was doing it even before I was a manager. I was doing it at my old salon working for this company. And I told my coworkers, I said, sign up for your 401k, have an emergency fund. Whether if you can't get a thousand dollars, save five hundred. Start there, but you need an emergency fund because if anything goes south, you need to be able to survive. If you you break your hand, you need to be able to survive because tomorrow's not promised. And I got that way at such a young age because I lost so many people in my life that were there that that was important. I mean, people lose people every day that, that are important, but I left people, lost people that were very close to me. Yeah. That put me in a situation where I had to take care of other people's kids. So I told my staff when I became a manager, I taught, taught them the same thing. When we had meetings, it was about your finances, getting your finances in order because there ain't no way you should be working behind a chair and your finances is all over the place. Yep. You speaking life into people every day, touching people's crown. Attached to that crown is something called chakras. Yep. <laughs> so you can't be, you know, touching on these people and speaking life into them and your life isn't together. Yep. I mean, and none of us is perfect because I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm human. But right. at least have certain things in order so that when stuff goes south, you'll be grounded. In that city where I grew up um, is predominantly Black. The economic mobility and the money circulation is not, it, it's not where it needs to be, even the mindset. Um, they have a long way to go. So what I realized in that process, once I start reading and learning more about Black Lives Matter and all that, and I realized that people were going through the same thing I was going through growing up, right? So I realized there was a knee. I realized there was a knee in the beauty industry and the culture and black culture. And I just kept seeing these articles about money circulation and how 
entrepreneurship was important for the African-American community. So I realized money circulation in the, in the Black community was critical to a community's potential for economic mobility. More money in circulation means financial stability and potential for economic growth. Well, yeah. the importance of that is in su supporting Black businesses is to have a higher money circulation and the Black businesses, Black people become entrepreneurs because if we do that, you know, we will get more economic growth in our own community. You start your own business, this will help you generate wealth and allow you to pass it to the next generation. So that's what I noticed. Like growing up, I never knew anybody who owned a home. Everybody right. I knew was renting or in an apartment. I never knew nobody who saved for emergency funds. I never knew, had friends, like all of my white friends, they would be like, we going up North. Not my black friends. We didn't go up North. We didn't have a vacation home. Our vacation was going to our auntie or our uncle house for the summer that lived in the same city we did. Or going to the boys and girls club or the Salvation Army and the summer program. We didn't have vacation homes. We didn't have... When I graduated high school, I didn't have no college funds waiting for me. My grandparents didn't put no college fund up. We, it, we're, it's a whole different world when you, when you are raised in a black community, it's just different. Yeah. And I noticed that during the pandemic, when my kids' friends were going, traveling here, going there, going there, and all, me and all my kids is at home. And I was like, okay, we got to do something different. Um, so from there, I learned more about Black people starting businesses in their community and putting money back into the community because in a Caucasian community, the dollar overturns seven times. In Latino, Asian, other cultures, the dollar overturns three times. In a Black community, you want to know how much the dollar overturns? Probably not even once. Just once. It's so mm. sad. It's so sad. So the Black community spend money with everyone else, but we don't spend it in our own community. Not only do we not spend it in our own community, people outside of our community, like Caucasian, Asian, Chinese, um, Chaldean, Latino, they don't even come in our community and spend it. Right. So... <laughs> There's a need. I'm gonna create a product. It fills the need, and you're actually solving both. You're solving two things at once. So you're solving an economic need. So you're turning the dollar more because it's you're in that community. Number one, and number two, people are starting to spend money with you, which is going to benefit the community. What resistance did you get from people? when you said, I'm going to create this? What were some of the things that you had to overcome? I think, I think being okay with leaving my job because they offered me to stay, but the amount they offered me to stay was pennies, crumbs, it was an embarrassment. It, it was ridiculous. And I think my family saying, are you crazy? You better stay, you better keep that job. 
right? You're going um, to have benefits, but all my benefits would have been ripped from me. And then I would have had to start from a clean from the bottom and work my way up. Now we all know how it feels to start from the bottom. It's no fun. <laughs> it ain't no fun. And I knew that I didn't, I knew I wanted to start from the bottom, but I knew I didn't want to start from that place from the right. bottom because right. I worked my ass off to get where I was. Yeah. And I knew that I had to create a product and I had to create a business in order for my children to have generational wealth. And I yeah. knew I couldn't do it working for a company no. because I wasn't going to get support. No. Um, so that was one of the things I feel like I had resentment from, like, well, not resent resistance from is being, keeping my job and being able to work that job and be able to birth this business. My family, them telling me I was crazy. I think some people was like, yeah, you should do it. You should do it. And some people was just like, because of it's the unknown. Well, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? And I think um, people just saying, you're not going to have stability. You're not going to have stability. But I had it because I learned how to save. And I had a savings prior to the pandemic. I was in a financial situation where I was able to do it. Everybody's not in that situation. But it all started from me literally saving $20 and saving my tips years yep. ago. Yep. And taking that, I didn't even know what I was saving for. I knew I was saving for an emergency fund, but I didn't know once I got to that emergency fund, I didn't know what else I was saving for. I just was saving. And so I took that money and I literally put it in my business. And that's how I birthed my business. That's beautiful. And it's funny when, when you said, uh, you know, I didn't want to start at the bottom with that company. I would rather start on the bottom of my own because I know where, I know where I'm at. And you know, I know where no, I'm going. There's yeah, no, and there's I, no, there's no, I'm still in. It's no, the possibilities literally are endless because exactly you, I, I was listening to, uh, I don't know, I was listening to a book or something and I realized that losing that job was the biggest and best opportunity that could ever have happened. I didn't feel that way in that moment. I cried. Oh, hell no. Yeah, oh no. But it was the biggest opportunity for me. And if I would have stayed there, Julie, I would, there's no way. I wouldn't have this. I don't even know why I stayed so long. I got a feeling I know why I was changing lives. And those people that yeah. called me during the pandemic that said, if it wasn't because of you, I wouldn't have made it through this pandemic because you exactly. taught me about finances. Yep. That's exactly it. I, I think that watching, because I've watched your growth for the last, what, nine years that I've known you, watching the growth and seeing the, and coming from that where, you know, it's, it's like that, that toxic relationship where, you know, you just think it's going to get better and you think it's going to get better and you think it's going to be- get better. And you think that there's really nothing else out there. And then when all of a sudden you're, you're, you're booted out of the nest, you find your wings on the way down. And, and when you start falling, you're like, this is the worst thing that's ever fucking happened to me. I, how am I going to survive? I'm not going to be able to do anything. Oh, what am I going to do? And then all of a sudden it's like the universe comes in behind you and goes, 
I told you I had a plan. I told you I had a plan. You didn't trust me. And I think that you and I both got to that point where we just weren't trusting. And then it's like the universe is going to tell you, okay, I'm going to whisper. And then the whisper becomes a talking and then the talking becomes a yelling and then it becomes a billboard upside your head. And then you're like, oh, huh, who'd have thunk that? So yeah, Yeah. it's, uh, I, it's, I, I get that. I get that. So we've been talking about this product. Mm-hmm. Does it work on all? So like anybody that's listening that, you know, is probably thinking, oh, well, because she's black, this is probably only for, you know, text. We call it as, as a hairstylist. And by the way, I want you to tell you, you're a baby in the industry. I got 34. <laughs> Girl, I've been licensed for 34 years. So you are a baby <laughs> in this industry. Talk about however many years, 11, 12, 16 years, whatever. You're a baby. <laughs> I love it. So yes, yes, yes I'm yes. sure they're like going, oh, okay, well I have like me, I'm thinking, you know, I've got like frog hair on the top of my head is baby fine. And obviously I'm, I'm, I'm Caucasian, except for when I have a hot flash and then I'm just redder <laughs> than a cherry. What, I, is, is it going to work on my hair? Is it going to yes. work on anybody's hair? Yes. I love it. It's for all hair types. And people, they ask me the same question. They're like, girl, are you sure? I'm like, look, I wouldn't, I would, so I don't think I would have put it out if it wouldn't have worked for everybody because, so we're, he, so I have a sweet mate and she has very fine, thin hair. She's Caucasian. She's actually, she's German. I just found out today, like her father, I think is German and her mom is from the U.S., um, and so she has the white of the white of the whitest hair ever. Okay. So <laughs> she was like, I don't know if it's going to work. So she does a lot of fun colors. She does purples, blues, greens all the time and a lot of blondes. So what we noticed, so her, uh, a couple of her clients tried it. She was a prototype as well. And when they tried it, they said their color last way longer um they said that it makes their hair feel very um almost very like 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 light like it's not heavy at all it's like weightless um they don't deal with weight it doesn't feel weighed down and I've had her customers use the oil the actual shampoo conditioner and the leave-in and every, I haven't had a negative review yet. Oh, the only, actually, let me take that back. The only review I had that was negative is that my shampoo was too watery, but I just changed the formula and it's thicker now. And a part of the reason, because it was so natural that it was separating in the bottle. So you had to shake it up. These products provide people of all race and ethnicities, enhanced self-care. Um, and it's, I mean, it's perfect. It's there's no like there's no formaldehyde it's formulated it's had it's vegan friendly cruelty free no silicones sulfate free i mean it's good stuff it's good stuff yeah i might have to give me some of that good stuff so (laughs) where can people find your products so we are on facebook 
and we're on Instagram. Both of those you can shop through the website. Instagram is a little bit friendlier than Facebook is. It's Elysian Beauty Brand is the name. Or you can go straight to the website. www.elysian. Oh, I'm about to tell you. www.elysian. And I spell beauty with an I. B-E-A. U-T-I brand, B-R-A-N-D dot com. You know, you and I could talk for like, I don't know, four or five, six, seven hours, but nobody's going to be sitting in the car for four or five, six, seven hours listening <laughs> to us talk. We'll take this offline and continue the conversation. But I have a question for you. Yes. What would you say to that woman that is in the pit that is listening to us going, oh, that's great. Okay, great. You've created a successful business. And, you know, both of you guys seem like you got got your shit together, but I'm sitting here and life sucks. What would you say to that woman to help her start to get out of the pit and to get out of the ashes? What's one piece of advice you would give her? Never stop dreaming. No dream is too big. Keep moving forward because, and journal because everything that you journal will come into fruitation and it will happen. Me, if, if people just watch my life and watch me, they'll see that manifestation is real. I'm, I literally manifest everything in my life. People ask me every day, how do you take care of all that you take care of? and still manage to be sane. And part of it is manifestation and prayer, like all day long. Um, So take time for yourself, make sure you do your self-care, make sure out of everything I, you, if you don't take away nothing a day, you take, have gratitude, do your gratitude every day, keep moving forward. Even when you don't see the, the top of the staircase, keep going. Um, and don't stop dreaming. I love that. You know, it's funny is I've got 52, I think 52 episodes out. And out of all the episodes that I have had where I've interviewed people, I've never gotten the same answer. I like that. (laughs) And I absolutely love this. Shayla, I love you. You are such a light in my life. You are such a light in so many people's lives. And I am just so grateful that you said yes, that you would sit down and chat with me. And, and I know that there's a couple people that we're very good mutual friends with that listen to this too. They're going to be like, oh my God, I, I know her. <laughs> That's Shayla, I know her. <laughs> I learned something else I want to say too. Yes. I just recently learned this. I was reading something and it said, when you walk into a room or you're with someone, Always leave them. Is it smarter than you left them? Always pour into other people, basically. Yeah. I like yeah, that. I, <laughs> I love that. And I heard something today that if you walk into a room of people that can fill you up, uh-huh. what happens is we get very insecure and we want to leave the room and we go into the room where we fill others up. Yeah. 
So stay out of that room and go into the room that you can get filled up in where there are people that are smarter than you, more successful than you, that are willing to help fill your cup and stay out of the room where you're the smartest person in the room. I love that. Oh, thank you for hanging out with me. I love you. I appreciate you. Y'all need to go get some of the good hair stuff and share the shit out of this episode. Share all about Shayla. I will have all of her contact information is in the show notes. So you have to go read the show notes. Um, her website will be there. How to find all of the good stuff will be in there. And once again, no matter what, I want everybody that's listening to know is that you are enough. You were born enough. You're enough as you sit. You will always be enough. You're not too tall. You're not too short. You're not too thin. You're not too fat. You're not too light. You're not too dark. Your perfection, divinity, stardust, and magic wrapped up in a human experience. And I promise if you could see, only see the divine light that shines back from your eyes, you would never, ever, ever doubt your greatness again. And with that, my friends, I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day, evening, month, and year. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I appreciate you. And remember, you are loved, you are treasured, you are adored, you are worthy, and you are so more than enough. I hope that you were inspired. And if you were, please feel free to download, share, and leave a comment. I would be eternally grateful. Thank you so much and have an absolutely magical day.